1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all, as it's a brand new week in WWE, as the road to money in the bank continues. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right-hand man, the wise man, the sometimes advocate for Von Wagner, and a man that makes it look so effortless. I bring to you noted Golden State Warriors hater and bandwagon jumper for the Boston Celtics for the next week or so. I bring to you as always, Scott Young. Welcome back, you loser times two.
0: I hate basketball, so that's first thing. Uh, secondly, Keela, I guess for the next couple weeks, it's not going to be a pleasure chopping it up with you and talking all things WWE. We we officially have beef for the next few weeks. That is uh, that is official. So we we got beef. Me and Garrett got beef. And anyone else who likes the Warriors, we got beef for the next few weeks. So, And that goes for anyone listening. Anyone, everybody, we got beef for the next few weeks until so this whole thing blows over. And after it's over, if they win, I'm going to need like two weeks. <laughs> and we'll still have beef. So I'm just letting everybody know what it is. I'm really well, happy to be here, though.
1: Well, as long as you don't go on the Roman Reigns schedule of disappearing on me for like weeks at a time, we're good to go, honestly.
0: (laughs) Nah, I'll I'll be here every week. You know, I I need to keep the lights on. I got a tribal chief in the house that I got to keep fed, so I'll be here every week.
1: I appreciate that, but I'm looking forward to next weekend's potential celebration of the Warriors winning oh my their fourth championship and Steph being crowned the MVP of the NBA Finals, winning the Bill Russell MVP award. That will make me so happy to rub it in your face for five good minutes.
0: I'll be sick. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, I, you know what? I don't even want to think about it. It ain't going to happen. I don't even want to think about it.
1: Well, let's hope game six, Clay, does not show up on Thursday. Oh, one way or another, because it's either stopping at six or going to game seven. I don't want to talk about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to get all upset. Because, all, all, you know, all I've been hearing all day is Steph did this, Steph did that. Man, Steph ain't do a goddamn thing, except, put the man, he, he he played a good game. He played a good game.
1: I'm glad you everybody, acknowledged him.
0: Everybody acting like he you know, he did he put on like a like a LeBron performance or something. Like he dropped a LeBron fifty. You know what I mean? Like he dropped a fifty piece.
1: He had a good game. Oh look it's at fine. you. Half acknowledging greatness. But thankfully, I have a tag team partner to complete this misery for you. Back, the original OG himself, one of the founding members of the rap and a member of the Fike Media family, I bring to you as always as well, Paul Fontaine. Welcome back, Paul.
2: I'm just the Michael Jackson eating popcorn meme here, watching and listening to this. Like, I got no skin in the game, but I mean, my Facebook feed is littered with Scott either complaining that basketball is the worst thing in the world or loving it depending on whether, whether the Celtics are winning. Um, he's, he's bleeding green now for some reason, even though he's, you know, in, I don't know. Where are you? Virginia? Yeah. Like, Hey, VA, baby, we for lovers and we love Boston Jeez. right now. Come on, man.
1: Well, he can't claim Philly right now. He can't, claim, like claim, right now.
2: Fan. He can't yeah. claim Brooklyn. It's anyone
0: yeah. but the Warriors. It, it, yeah. it didn't matter who they were playing. I was rooting for them.
2: I'm just rooting for a game seven because I have, I have money on this series going the distance. At that point, I don't even care. And I don't think the NBA does either. They just want that extra day of ratings.
0: Oh, I'm so scared That's for game seven.
2: But it'd be great if they lost another game. Actually,
0: it would be great for Steph's legacy if they lost another game seven. Well, the boss man likes
2: the warrior, so I'm not gonna agree with you.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, we, I got I got beef with the boss man too. That's why I gotta show up to work because I already got yeah. beef, so I can't not be showing up to work too. You know, that's a double that's a double negative. I'm gonna get kicked out for that.
1: Yes, yeah, so he will hate. In moderation, because he knows what's best for this team. He knows what to do. Just hate enough not to cross the line. And I just brag just enough not to have egg on my face in the event. They blow this game sometime next week, which is possible. There is hope for Scott yet. I do believe that we will get game seven, even though I'm going for the Warriors, nonetheless
0: well we'll see i never get to record after a win anyway so who cares you
1: know what that is ironic <laughs> that every time they have a good game you don't get to talk about it you don't get to rub it in my face i love that for me but okay. now
2: the celtics win I'll, I'll get you on my show
1: <laughs> the counter look look at paul belling you out you need an outlet come to Paul and he'll let you know with a cup yeah. of joe. He'll he'll give you that comfort you need for half an hour and then I'll bring it back down if they win another game.
0: Yeah, I don't like this roller coaster of emotions, man. This is this is not good for me. This gets me all in my
1: feels, man. I love it. And it's a great way to transition to our lead story this week in WWE, which happens to be the Cody Rhodes story, his roads to recovery, which could be a Peacock special or a five-part miniseries on USA Network following Ms. and Mrs. sometime this fall on USA. But we have to talk about, once again, his remarkable performance at Hell in a Cell this past Sunday, delivering a five-star classic against Seth Rollins and probably my favorite WWE match of the year so far. And this might go down as the feud of the year for me as well. And this past Monday, Cody was vowing to actually... Go to Money in the Bank, climb the ladder somehow, someway, and win the Money in the Bank briefcase. I knew he was bullshitting, but I loved his optimism nonetheless. And eventually, Cody is interrupted by Seth Rollins, who tells Cody, I don't like you, but I respect you. And your father will be proud of you for what you did, delivering one of the more gutsiest performances in WWE history. And they shake hands. And I think Colby, government name Lopez, whisper something in Cody's ear that was very meaningful and intimate between the two and then, of course, I knew trouble was coming when Cody leaves the ring. He's all teary-eyed. He waves goodbye to the crowd. And then he gets jumped from behind by Seth with a sledgehammer attack. He rips off the shirt, exposes that disgusting bruise all over the arm and chest of Cody Rhodes. And Cody has been run out of storylines indefinitely. And he will allegedly be out of action for nine months with a torn pectoria muscle that was reattached a few days ago in Birmingham, Alabama, and the time frame could lead to a Cody return at the 2023 Men's Warrior Rumble match, presumably in San Antonio, Texas at the Alamo Dome, which would be a cool return for the American Nightmare. So, Scott, we've had Cody in WWE for a grand total of two months. We had the memorable WrestleMania re-debut, a great match of WrestleMania backlash against Seth, and they did it again at Hell in a Cell in a very unique circumstance. So when you take into... The two months Cody was in WWE, what do you expect upon his return? And will he be by far the biggest babyface in WWE upon his return?
0: Oh, I I don't think there's any question he'll be the biggest babyface during his return. Um, I think the story writes itself. I think he's a a shoo-in. As as long as everything goes according to plan, I think he's a shoo-in for the Royal Rumble. And sometimes the most obvious thing to do is the right thing to do and I mean Cody Cody's got the story and you know I've seen a little bit of pushback on the Seth Rollins thing as far as you know not being the baby face and not just accepting that kind of turn and you know still continuing the story I like that Seth got to be the guy that's like you know what you got you you got the best of me in all the matches. I'm gonna make sure that you're out you're not coming back for money in the bank. I like the little tease they did there with Cody. You know what? I'm still gonna be there. You're not you're not doing that. You're not coming back for money in the bank. I'm taking all I'm dashing your dreams. Like I like I, I like that Rollins got to get a little bit back and got to really get some heat. Now he's got something to go forward with to give him a little momentum. And I'm gonna be honest, I'm kinda thinking Seth Rollins should be a favorite going into money in the bank. Roman might not walk into WrestleMania as champion. I could see Seth Rollins winning money in the bank, cashing in on a Roman Reigns, and then we get a Cody versus Rollins for the title as a way of Cody getting his redemption back. Something like a story like that could work as well. So there's a lot of things you could do with Seth getting some of that heat back. Um, so I, I I like the story, and I think Cody just, that's a that's a natural easy story to tell with him coming back at the Rumble. I call him my shot. I'm going to WrestleMania. Bam. I, I think it's very simple.
1: I like the story as well. And I just go back to the chemistry that Cody and Seth have. I did not expect them to work as well as they did together at WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash, and Hell in a Cell. And every match has been dynamic and different. And that Hell in a Cell match will forever be a classic to me. And this is a rare case when I'm not opposed to seeing this feud go on forever. Seth needs to go on a run heading into Money in the Bank, win the briefcase, maybe dethrone Roman Reigns ahead of WrestleMania, and let Rollins' Cody Rhodes part four be the main event of WrestleMania in LA. I think it justifies it. Both men seemingly bring out the best in each each other and dare I say this might be Cody's greatest feud of his career even during his time in AEW I don't think he has racked a resume of matches against Seth Rollins that is completely different, that is completely dynamic, and most importantly, it grabs you emotionally, beat for beat, and Seth is right there with him. In a perfect world, Seth would be over as a babyface. He has the tendencies to do that, but right now, he's meant to be the villain, and it's working perfectly thus far. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on Cody's road to recovery, and what's next for Seth as we wait for Cody's return sometime in January? Um, Well, I
2: think in a way, this might help Cody um, because he is really, uh, you know, he came in. He's the hottest baby face in the company. I don't think anybody would deny that. And now he's gone. And so he's going to come back in the hottest period of the year, probably from Rumble to Mania, which is when the ratings are up, which is when the interest level is up. And he's going to come in as the hottest baby face. At that time frame, so in that sense, you know, this might have been a blessing in disguise. Obviously, the the injury was terrible, um, but you know they're making the most of it, and uh, you know they did a really a job of capitalizing on that incredible performance. I agree, you know that it was definitely the my match of the year in WWE. Um, and I, you know, and, and almost overall in wrestling, um, you know, there, there may be one or two more, one or two matches that I'd put ahead of that. But, um, and then for Seth, yeah, I think he's got to be the favorite on the raw side and then on the SmackDown side, probably Drew McIntyre, you know, so it's, it's going to be one of those two, but the, the, the thing with Drew is he's kind of already called the shot for Cardiff. So if they're looking for somebody to just have a briefcase to carry around, I mean, why not Seth? and and you know and then if he still has it when cody comes back maybe they even have a match for the briefcase because i think cody was originally supposed to win it but all, you know i also agree that him winning the royal rumble you know a la triple h in 2002 uh i think that was a year right um that um would would be a way to go as well so um you know i, I i'm gonna miss cody I, he's Maybe my favorite wrestler right now, like uh, in all wrestling, uh, I, I've always been a big fan of Cody, but just really, really big fan of what he's been doing lately. So uh, I hope he recovers well, and uh, you know, kudos to him for his performance, and and kudos to Seth for taking care of him.
1: yes he deserves a lot of credit for that because that was not an easy thing to do this past Sunday at Hell in a Cell. I'm gonna miss Cody as well. We rip him sometimes, but he is my favorite wrestler in terms of being compelling on the mic in the ring. You never know what he's going to say. You never know what he's going to do. He makes you watch his every move, and I'm going to miss out about him. And hopefully during his downtime, we do get all of this documented regarding his roads to recovery. And above all else, to Kevin Dunn and the Pyrotechnics team, make sure you time the pyro accordingly upon his return, (laughs) because you've been botching that a lot as of late, and Cody's face says it all. So practice, practice, practice as they save a little money towards the end of the year when it comes to that pyro budget, which was very extravagant for one Cody Rhodes. As we move on to Becky Lynch hitting rock bottom this past Monday on Raw as she lost to 24-7 champion Dana Brooke. And I knew there was a lot of pushback on social media about this, but I honestly can't find a reason to get mad because I don't care about the 24-7 shenanigans. I've been over it since the inception of the title almost 3 years ago now when it was raw off the dark and it was all black and white for like half a day and then it's back to the regular colors and our truth has been champ 40 something times he's a lone bright spot in all of this so i really don't care about becky chasing after a championship any championship for that matter cuz she's going through it right now but At the same time, where do we go with Becky Lynch? She's at the bottom now, and I presume she's going to continue her feed with Asuka, but what's next for Becky Lynch after that? How can she recapture what she had as the man nearly four years ago? What can she do to reach the promised land once again in WWE, Paul? What can Becky do to reestablish herself as one of the premier stars in WWE?
2: Well, I think she's going to have to... um... I think it's going to have to be with the fans. I think, uh, you know, that's that's what's going to end up doing it. She's going to hit... I don't even know if this is necessarily rock bottom, but, I you know, and if it is then maybe we don't see her for a little while and then she comes back. But I, I kind of always said that I think the natural progression of this is, is she finds the fans again and the fans bring her back to the level she was at. So even though the fans never really stopped cheering for her, but you know, we'll ignore that part of the story. Um, and, and, and eventually I think they're going to turn on Rhonda. So, um, you know, I think we're heading for WrestleMania next year. One of the night's main events is going to be Rhonda and Becky with Rhonda as a heel and Becky as a baby face. And, Um, You know, there's other ways they can do it, but that's the way I do it. So I do think that's what's going to happen. I mean, I suppose it's possible that she could even go more vicious and, you know, find a darker edge, but I just, I hope they don't go that way.
1: I hope not either. I just hope that she finds herself back through the people that never really gave up on her, even though WWE tends to got gaslight us a lot. So hopefully she's able to turn it back in her favor by hitting rock bottom and finding a way back up, heading into next year's WrestleMania. So Scott, what were your initial thoughts on Dana Brooke pinning Becky Lynch, even though she got the assist from Asuka when she held Becky's leg down to prevent the kick out?
0: I'm going to get some, I'm going to some pushback for this one. I, I, to me, it just reminded me of the hurricane pin in the rock. I mean that's 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 what it that's mm. what it came off as. You know, like it just it felt like a, a way for the two bigger stars, clear bigger stars, far and above bigger stars, Asuka, Becky Lynch, to continue their feud. Dana, like like you said, I don't think anyone takes the 24 7 shenanigans serious, but there's a story that can be told with Becky Lynch just going crazy. Like, I have to win a title. I have to have a title. I have to have a title no matter what it is and not even caring that it's the 24-7 title. Like, there's a story to be told there if you could tell it the right way, you know, and then you have somebody like a, like a Charlotte Flair whenever she comes back or uh, somebody like that who can really lay into Becky and be like, yo, what is wrong with you? Look at what you've become. You are a shell of yourself. Because I agree with you, Paul. I think the end game has to be Becky Lynch, be- babyface Ronda as the heel, and it's gonna it's gonna take Becky Lynch being at the very bottom. Like you know what? I, I I can't do it. And I've been saying this since the Bianca feud ended. Like that that's gonna be the the game after she loses the title. She just goes down the drain and does and can't do anything. Can't figure it out. And then she's just going to cut this promo where she's completely broken, she's completely vulnerable, and she says, I need, I need the people that, that created the man. Just like Paul said, I need the people that created the man. And that's, that's the exact story you have to tell. And it's going to take her, cu- she's going to have to cut a masterful promo. you know. And I know the people are already with her, but to get her back to that man level. That was a completely different level than what she's right now. She's kind of she's just incredibly popular and 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 will always be. She's established herself, but to be at that man level popularity where she was able to elevate any and everyone she was in the ring with, with as far as the crowd reaction, to get to that level, she's gonna have to cut a masterful promo and just be relatable and lay it all out there. And I think she's got that in her because she's done it before. So I, that's the end game. And I think that's got to be what's next. And you just have to, she just has to continue losing big matches. She has to continue coming up short. And someone's just going to lay into her and give her a reality check. And that's when she comes to the ring just completely broken and says, I need you guys back.
1: I agree. And listen, if she can get a Bible scripture over to push her fee with Bianca Belair heading into WrestleMania, she can do anything. And she's got to cut that money promo. She can do it. Even though the fans rock with her, you got to have that extra push to get her over the top. And I think she'll do so in due time. And you know sometimes you gotta hit rock bottom this might not be completely the bottom it might be another match against Bianca Belair heading into SummerSlam in a couple of months but I do believe that Becky has what it takes to get back to where she was four years ago and be a bigger star because of it because it's right there for the taking whenever WWE is ready to go in that direction and Becky I truly believe has autonomy over a creative that she will not she will not do things stupidly for no reason such as losing to Dana Brooke there's a reason behind it I don't think dana brooke is going to get elevated by this unfortunately it's a nice win for her but it will not be remembered in two weeks it'll be about becky and who she needs to be in order to face ronda rousey at next year's wrestlemania and i want to move on to the true mvp of monday night raw maurice Mazanin. what a gift she is every time she appears she elevates scott's boy The Miz. And what I love about Maurice is she's not afraid to shade her husband. Only she can say that her husband has average size balls and get away with it. Then goes above average, which is modest. Then says he has the biggest balls in the world, which is... A bit outlandish, but I respect her lie nonetheless. Maurice elevates the Miz in every way. The real MVP of this marriage, of this partnership, of this show. And for one night, Scott, the Miz for once did not get on my goddamn nerves.
0: Well, you know, it's just Miz and Maurice. You should check them out after Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, by the way, that show is uh out drew Xt and Rampage headlined by the Young Bucks and the uh, Lucha I, you know I'm just throwing that out there I'm just saying you know th- just the Miz you know uh wait, this segment was the segment was good and it was exactly what it was supposed to be in the, the, the package of Maurice a and the Mitch, you know I know it, it's right there. <laughs> it's right there, right? It's right there. She put the twins out there so that everything everything <laughs> is out in the open. Let's just let's just call it what it is, right? She it's all there. Um, but yeah, absolutely the, the entire package. Let's just let's let's encapsulate it that way. The entire package it, is a great act, and y- you you notice it a lot when she's not there. You know, it's it's so much more noticeable because when she is there, like you said, she stands out and she makes the Miz tolerable. You know, it's tolerable is the word I would use. And you know, this is coming from someone who I, I'm a fan of the Miz, and that that's that's a good thing to me. That he's you know that makes him tolerable because. This is this is the act that brought the, and elevated the IC title. So I, I hope this is around for a little bit of the long haul. And I'm not saying he needs to get no massive push or nothing. But when he's in these segments, he can be useful in getting a guy like Riddle a good win. And that's all this was for, to just get Riddle a solid win going into Friday, which we'll talk later on in the show.
1: NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Yes. And Maurice, my girl, the only person that can say that her husband ain't shit in a variety of ways walking away, rolling her eyes, calling his balls small. She knows how to get it done for me to make me happy as a renowned Ms. Hater. So, Grampy, Grandpa Des, what are your <laughs> thoughts on the complete package known as Maurice and as the twins were really twinning this past Monday on Raw from Green Bay, Wisconsin? They were right there
2: oh yes they were uh and and they're i don't care if they're real or not they're fantastic um so the uh i yeah i i can't disagree with anything you said there um the the one thing i'd say is this segment the one guy we we really haven't talked a lot about but he also helped make this segment in in a different kind of way is riddle and he has really been like for the first six months of this year uh wwe's mvp like he's wrestled on tv more than like far more than anybody he's on like he's wrestling on three different shows at different times like he's been on NXT he's on SmackDown and Raw just about every week he's challenging for the title he's tag team champion and he's doing like the comedy segments and it's gold every time and uh almost every time definitely this time and he made it by his facial reactions and by him getting the fans to chant what was it small balls Um, at Miz and like, uh, tiny balls, tiny balls, I think it was. And, uh, you know, and, and like, he's just having so much fun. And I mean, that is why he is successful at what he does. And, and yeah, the, the Maurice, I wish she was there more, but I kind of almost think that, when we do get to see her for you know a month or so every six months or so like it almost makes us appreciate her even more and if she was there every week we might not appreciate it as much so um and then miz you know just the the perfect foil i mean it's it was a perfect advertisement for his tv show I, i haven't watched much of it but every episode i've watched it was exactly like this segment so um you know if you like this segment then you're probably gonna like the show and as scott so uh quaintly put it it uh it it out uh, drew rampage nxt so uh we know the what people like and the people like miz and the twins so um and and the babies too um miz so and the yeah twins <laughs> and the babies too <laughs> yeah <laughs> so shout out yeah.
0: to marjo too hey marjo is the star of that oh, yeah. show yeah, let yeah, me that's, tell
2: you that's her mom yeah yes. that's her mom oh yeah she's, she's fantastic she's amazing She's amazing. My wife even, you know, like the only times we've ever watched it is when we're like in the States, because I don't think it even airs up here, but we will be in the States in a hotel room. And it'll be on after Raw. And she's like, this is ridiculous. And then I'm like, oh, do you want me to change it? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's perfect. My wife was very excited
0: when she saw, she was watching wrestling with me. Well, she, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. She was sitting, <laughs> she was sitting in the room while wrestling was on and she saw an ad and she saw a commercial for Miz and Miz and she's like, oh. Miss and Mrs. Come back, and you didn't tell me. Uh, she's she's very excited about the show. So that's that's one of the few yeah. reality TV shows that I like too.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. So uh, nice to see her back, and hopefully, it'll be for a while this time.
1: Yes, love Marjo as well. And I love Miz and Miz's. I rip on the Miz all the time, but that's a very entertaining half an hour of television. I love the Mizannins. I love the little girls, the dogs, the cats, Maurice, the twins, George, Marjo, Barb. I love them all. It's a nice collection of characters George. on that. Sh- George ain't shit, by the way. I'm- the yeah. worst hey, father.
2: That
0: guy, man. <laughs> hey, you you got to understand why the
2: Miz is the way he is. Just 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 watch one episode of George. That's my dad. Like, my dad, every time I had good news, he had to shit on it.
1: Yeah. Like, every, like dancing the stars? you can't dance. It. You have no rhythm. I've just
2: bought a nice new house, Dad. And he's like, you can't afford this. How are you going to pay the mortgage?
1: Like, oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dad, I'm WWE champion. Really?
2: <laughs> you? You?
1: You? <laughs>
0: that might be what he said for real. Like, that That literally that might be what you
1: <laughs> really my son champion in this timeline yeah. Psh, please George ain't shit I just want to clarify that again he is the worst father of the year I would nominate him for that he cannot even let his son celebrate victories marriage children saying hey kids don't be like your dad he sucks like wow <laughs> just terrible advice even Maurice got on him saying like dude don't talk about their father like that in front of me or them rude much George ain't shit. That's the agenda on this day. As we segue from Ms. and Mrs. promotion to a change in Judgment Day, apparently, Edge felt like, you know what. I'm not into this supernatural shit, so get me out of here. And that's basically what happened this past Monday on Raw. And before we got the news that Edge wanted out of this group due to some switches and creative, I gotta say, this is one of the better swerves I've seen in quite some time on WWE television as... Finn Balor became the newest member of judgment day. And I knew something was up when he said, yeah, I talked to Rhea and Damien on the phone on Sunday night after you beat my ass. And you know, we got together, we got to commiserating. We talked about it. And now I see the vision. I'm enlightened by judgment day and edge is so excited. And I can smell a rat in the room. I just sensed a turn bullet club vibes. Cause you know, when you get in, they will find a way to kick the leader out and sure enough, Damien priest tells as you know what, we see the light, we see what we can be, and there's one thing holding us back, and it's you. And they proceed to jump edge. Rhea Ripley is directing traffic, and Prej is delivered a hell of an ass whooping. He gets the razor's edge through the announce table. He's concertoed for good measure. He's gonna be out of storyline for a bit, and he's been realigned as a babyface. And honestly speaking, He's meant to be a babyface at this point. A friend of mine mentioned to me a couple of days ago that Edge is like an elder statesman at this point. Like, when he came back nearly three years ago, he was over. And even when the crowds came back post-pandemic for WWE, they were excited to see this guy. He got some of the biggest reactions in arenas across America, and he's had great views against Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and now against Finn Balor, potentially. And I know this is going to be a big test for Edge because I think his match is with A. AJ Styles have not been great that might be a chemistry issue I really hope that's not the case with Finn Balor because if you can't produce great matches against Finn and whatever they decide to do with this gimmick in terms of supernatural shit it should not affect the match quality but I hope he can still deliver in the ring at a high level because I know father time comes for everybody it's inevitable it's undefeated but hopefully Edge can still pull out something against Finn Balor for future reference and You know this needed to happen i love the presentation to a point but i'm not here for supernatural nonsense it never works in wwe despite their best efforts the undertaker can make it look good that's about it otherwise i don't need to see vampirism back on my screen after i shouted it down a couple of months ago scott
0: yeah i um you know, I I have no idea what they're going to do, especially when, you know, Finn Balor's the demon, so who knows what's going to happen with that. Hey, let me tell you something. I, I think we might be heading towards a potential 10-person tag man. 10-person uh, tag match. Let me not say man because Rhea Ripley will be a part of it. It'll be Damian, the priest, Finn Balor, the <laughs> demon, and Rhea Ripley. And they will be taking on Edge, Beth Phoenix, and whoever else he can find that would team up with them. Like who who does he like what's what's the next phase with this? I hope this is all to elevate Rhea Ripley. I know everybody wants it to be about Finn Balor taking over and being the guy and stuff. I hope this group is all about Rhea Ripley. I hope the focus all shifts to her now that she's going for the title shot. I hope she becomes the centerpiece of this group. Let's make this different. Let's make this group stand out. You have an opportunity now with a fresh slate to select who you want to be the leader. I know Finn Balor is seems like the shoe-in because he's the guy who made the turn and you know kind of set it all up. But you can lay this out as Rhea Ripley taking over, taking the reins and running this group and I think this would just her taking control of this group would elevate her off the bat, off top. And then you just have her dominating matches Because, I mean, obviously, this has to lead to her versus a Beth Phoenix. That has to be in the books at some point working. Maybe maybe even SummerSlam. Like, I I don't think that's a bad idea for a SummerSlam match. Rhea Ripley versus Beth Phoenix. You could get an Edge versus Finn Balor. I mean, that's two good matches right there. Um, So, I... I like Edge back in the babyface role. But the whole, again, another person who's going to need to cut a really good promo. The fans will get behind him. They started to get behind him as soon as he fought back anyway. So it they won't be hard, but he's going to have to cut a promo and kind of be like, I, I don't know. He's just going to have to be like, I don't know what got into me. You know, I, I don't know what, I mean, what, what is he going to say? What, what is he going to say? He just ripped into the fans for the last month and now he's all of a sudden going to be like, I- I don't know guys I can't, I think I was under a spell I got some voodoo curse on me I think I held on to Alexa's doll too long backstage one day like I, I have no idea how you explain that but um, we'll, we'll see what happens but Edge needs to be off TV for a while and Beth Phoenix kind of fighting the battle for Edge can could be a nice segue to keep edge off tv you get a you get a Beth Phoenix match versus Rhea Ripley and essentially it'll be her fighting one versus three but that elevates Rhea Ripley by having these two goons you know Damian's a goon and Finn Balor he may be a little bit smaller he's still a goon you know that dude's a muscle ball so I mean that that to me stands out and feels different I really hope the shift becomes about Rhea Ripley
1: Me too. She stands out in this group in a great way, has presence for days and stands out as a star and she's the youngest person in this group. She needs to be pushed as the future in all honesty and I'm very happy that Finn is able to really embrace being a heel on the main roster. I want maybe 75% of heel NXT Finn via this Judgment Day act minus the supernatural elements. I know we're going to get it unfortunately, but I want heel Finn Balor leaning in wholly into this gimmick. As for Edge... He cut his hair for nothing, apparently. Even though it de-aged him about 10 years, it looks so much better because of it. But as you mentioned, Scott, he's got to come up with the promo of a lifetime to spin this back in his favor. What can he say? The devil made me do it. I did not mean anything that I said. I apologize. You think you know me? You did. You knew me all along. <laughs> you think <laughs> you knew me? You, know me? <laughs> you knew me? You never did. Bullshit. We knew you this entire time, but he has to spin this in a way that very few can spin things in wwe but the moment meddling hits the fans will love him but he's got a whole lot of explaining to do and i'm not talking about lucy ricardo paul so what are your thoughts on edge getting bumped from his own group and the future of judgment day as a whole and the possibility of beth getting involved at some point as well
2: yeah, I'm glad Scott brought that up, because that's kind of where I, I was going too. Um, the, it, it, we got to remember, this is, so he came back, I think it was two years ago, and because, yeah, well, two and a half years ago, it was right, right before the pandemic started, and he was a massive baby face, and then they turned him heel. As we remember, or maybe we've forgotten, in the lead up to the match with uh, Roman Reigns, and that ended up getting Daniel Bryan added to it, and then they had to go back and turn him face again. Then they turned him heel again, and now they're turning him back face again. He's he's becoming like the Big Show, and I I don't know why you know like a guy like this who the fans love, they've always loved, they've waited for him to come back for almost ten years, just keep him as a babyface, and you know that's where he's going to have the most value and then he can sell and he can put over some of these young guys. I think that this is actually going to be a little bit Rhea Ripley but also really big for Damian Priest and And what I see happening is a Damian Priest Rhea Ripley against um, Beth Phoenix and Edge tag team match probably at SummerSlam maybe Survivor Series like if they do the singles match first but I definitely think we're going to see Beth involved because she's still she still got it and um, and and Rhea and then you know where the, the people that are kind of left kind of in the lurch now you know and, and you know where how are, what are they going to be doing is Liv Morgan and um, AJ Styles because they've been involved in this as well and are they just going to team up with Edge when he when he comes back or you know are they are are they going to kind just hold the, keep feuding against his group, and until he comes back and then takes over, like who knows? And and I think it sad it sucks for Liv because I think she was really getting a lot out of this as well. She looks like she's having so much fun. She's having great matches. She was the star of that six person match I thought uh, last week at the pay per view. So, um, I yeah, I'm I'm interested. Um, although again, I I hope they're done with the turns with Edge. Like just keep him as a baby face till till he's done at this
1: point. Same here. And as for Liv, maybe Ash can apologize for calling her an L O L doll. Like if he can Ooh. apologize and say, oops, my bad. You can join my crew with Beth and AJ. That's a hell of a lot to forgive in a lot of ways. Yeah. I would say if you were trying to elevate a new crew, I'm begging somebody, please get Dominic Dijakovic a part of this crew Any crew, something, rescue him, let him and Priest do something together, either against each other or together. I don't care. I just need him off the sidelines chasing after that goddamn 24-7 championship. I just need something for him to do. And he's out there, a player for a faction, team edge, team judgment day, team anybody at this point. Just get this man on TV because he's really good. And he and Priest alongside Finn can produce magic if given a fair opportunity as well.
0: I think another option that you could throw out there, and it it depends on what they have planned, but another option you could team up with Edge, especially if you wanted to... Put the judgment day over, like really solidify you could put Ray mysterio there because there 's some history between mm-hmm. him and edge, and I, I think that would be another tag match that could you know kind of spell both people you know you have Ray and they don 't have to work singles match well, they can, but the big tag match you know and they have history as a tag team, so I, I think that's another another person that edge could you know go to because I, I agree with you guys I think it's how do you how does a j style how do you even consider? Trusting Edge, you, you can't even think about it. So, Ray Mysterio is a guy you could be like, "Hey, you know me. I just I messed up. You know me. I need you. We have history. I, I think that's an easy, you know, kind of connection that you could tell.
1: Yes, SmackDown Six Vibes. Oh, SmackDown Oh Two. Oh, the tag teams during that time period was everything. I would love to see them reunited. Whooping ass, a part of whatever faction Edge creates upon his return. As we move to the main event of Monday Night Raw, it was a fatal four-way match to determine Bianca Belair's next opponent for the Raw Women's Championship at Money in the Bank. It was Dewdrop versus Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley versus Alexa Bliss. And I thought this match was pretty good. All four ladies did their thing. I love the tag team work with Alexa Bliss and Liv in particular going up against Dewdrop and Rhea Ripley. I think the announcers in WWE social media teased them as a potential tag team. Allura knows we need those as the titles are still on ice with this affirmage Tournament not happening anytime soon to crown new women's tag team champions that'll happen when hell freezes over but in any event rare ripley drops do drop with the riptide very impressively by the way to become the number one contender to bianca belair's raw women's championship and i love the visual of bianca staring down judgment day even though they're playing edges music in the ultimate faux pas but hey Alter bridge kicks ass i'll play that song as well so paul what are your thoughts on Rhea ripley winning this match and facing bianca belair at money in the bank do you foresee a title switch or could edge and or beth phoenix make her night a living hell
2: the whole time you were talking about that i'm like Okay, we've just been talking about how this is all about Rhea and then she wins the number one contender. And I'm like, okay, what are they going to do? Because like the idea would be that she's so hot going into this match. And but then we've got Bianca, who's a great champion and seems to be setting up for a big match down the road, maybe at SummerSlam or Survivor Series with Becky. So what do we do? And then you just said it. Um, I think I think that's what they're going to that's what's going to happen is is Edge and or Beth are going to return at Money in the Bank because that's well, it was supposed to be a stadium show. It's it's in the intimate confines of the MGM Grand now. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that's it's a big show. And uh, yeah, I could see that because I don't think you really want to just beat Rhea right now. Uh, Although if they do, then that kind of tells you, I know I've seen some people, you know, the negative part of this whole thing with Edge leaving Judgment Day is, oh, they're just going to be an undercard stable now, you know, because they don't have a main eventer in the group. And if if Rhea just goes into Money in the Bank and gets pinned clean by Bianca, then, hey, you know what, maybe that's, maybe all this talk is, uh, you know, we're just talking about um, retribution, you know, hopefully that's not the case. But... Um. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I, I like that idea. Uh. Edge and and Beth costing Rhea the match, and then that leads into the summertime feud that that we've been talking about, or or yeah, Summerslam because that's at the end of July. That's what Geez, that's like six
1: weeks away now. Yeah. Seven weeks. Yeah. Back yeah. to back shows. I see that happening too. I just think that Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair is meant to take place at a bigger show such as WrestleMania, and this is a stopgap, and the perfect way to prevent that from happening is to have Beth and her Edge interfere. That is my preferred outcome, because you do want to get one more match out of Becky and Bianca at SummerSlam. You can do whatever you need to do heading into next year's WrestleMania. Bianca should be championed up until then if you want Rhea Ripley to be the next in line for that championship. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on Rhea? For now, being the number one contender facing Bianca Belair, for the Raw Women's Championship at Money in the Bank and do you expect shenanigans when it's all said and done?
0: I absolutely expect shenanigans. Um and I, I like you know, I'm kinda torn on it because I I'm I'm with you guys in that Rhea Ripley really shouldn't be taking any pinfall losses. And I'm also I agree with you both. I definitely think Beth Phoenix makes her return her interest I don't think she I don't think she gets physical with Rhea Ripley. I think we just get some interest music, maybe her coming down to the ring. Because I think the people who are gonna take out judgment day as far as Finn Balor and Damian Priest and, and just fight off, you know, and just fight to the back is going to be the street profits. There's a, there's a natural mm. connection there that you can easily tell. They just had a big win, you know quote-unquote, big count-out victory. Uh, but a win is a win, especially over the Usos. So you have a team that the fans will react to. They'll, they'll get behind. And a, a, a team that fits really well into the story and has some credibility. Then you, they fight off. So then it's Rhea and Bianca. Now I guess you know I guess the idea is you, you make Rhea seem like she's just about to win. I guess that's their way of kind of protecting her. Beth Phoenix music hits. Bianca comes through with the win. That's what I'm expecting to happen because um, I think I think that's the unless you're not going to have Beth Phoenix just plow, plow through finn balor damian priest and rhea ripley like so you're not gonna do that so get them out the way that way you can save the physicality for raw when you advertise beth phoenix or something like that but that yeah i'm fully expecting that and can i just say can we do drop just deserves so much better every time yes. i see her in the ring i i just i love Dewdrop, man i i think she is a fantastic addition to the roster and I'm not saying she needs to be champion or anything like that but can she just get some wins on tv you know can can she get some squash matches can she win some matches and just look dominant so that way when she does lose because she's always losing in these big matches these any any multi-matches she's the one who's losing and I get it because it's impressive to beat her but you got to give her some wins and she she deserves that man I drop deserves the world to me I, I love Dewdrop.
1: She's been one of the MVPs this year Especially with Bianca Belair Now she built her up heading into Wrestlemania And unfortunately she lost Every one of those matches So I don't want to see them against each other anytime soon But god If WWE Had functioning brain cells That worked 24-7 If you just let dewdrop And Nikki Ash Be a fucking tag team to be taken seriously and you didn't antagonize sasha and bianca or sasha and naomi i should say and they would have had this tag team championship feud we would be better off for it but no they do things that are stupid such as multiple qualifying matches for people that lose their matches all the time which makes all of this equally frustrating as a viewer <sighs> serenity now it's just so frustrating as a viewer because I love do drop as well. And she deserves better than this. And, you know, maybe a change of scenery would help. SmackDown, maybe. Her and Ronda Rousey could have a fun match. But, you know, WWE doesn't like fun sometimes. And they don't want to give us what we want. As we transition to NXT 2.0, a very good show this week by, 2, by 2.0 standards. I made a bow declaration a few months ago that I think this show would be better off by June 2022 I got four weeks to be proven correctly. And week one, I'm looking pretty good right now as we had the finals of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament featuring Roxanne Perez versus Tiffany Stratton in the finals. And I thought this match was very good, exceeded expectations. And Roxanne Perez is a ring general like Gunther as she carried Tiffany to a very good match. Tiffany is extremely charismatic. She's grown to me a lot over the last few months. She's improved rapidly. There is still work to be done. And my God, those ex- Turned on her midway through this match, as was falling out everywhere. But she has what it takes to be a true star with more time. But ultimately, Roxanne avoids a moonsault. His pop rocks on tiffany to become the first ever women's breakout tournament winner and she will earn a shot at either the nxt women or the tag team titles at a date to be determined so paul what are your thoughts on the finals of the women's breakout tournament and roxanne perez getting the win and the future of tiffany stratton being a future standout star as well
2: i was very impressed with that match um i i've been watching you know i've I, I watch everything. So, I mean, I think I've literally seen every single match that Tiffany Stratton's ever had. And this was by far the best one she's had. And, um, and you know, and, and that was total credit to uh, Roxanne Perez, Roxy. Um, and, you know, this is like the second big tournament. Like, you know, a year ago, she won the uh, ROH Women's uh, title tournament. And now she won this tournament. So good for her. Um, you know, she is... Uh, just an incredible baby phase, someone that they, you know, they can't help but get behind. And I think she's even probably going to do well on the main roster. I mean, she's small, but she's, she can work and she's got that, that likable personality that you just can't help, but you get behind and there's nothing about her that I I look at and see, you know, that they're going to look at and say, Oh, well, she's this or she's that, you know, that, you know, that they don't, you know, that they won't like her for some reason. You know, there's, there's usually a reason why, Oh, they're going to bury somebody because of this. And if they can't work, then they just put them on TV and they give them goofy gimmicks like Carmela and Zelina and whatever, but she can work. She's likable. She's got a great look. She, you know, she's got everything. And, and I predicted like the first time I saw her in ROH, I said in five years, she's going to be the biggest star in professional wrestling not just women like i i'm that high on her and um i i you know and this was i mean clearly they're behind her as well because they gave her that win and you know i think tiffany stratton is the one that's probably going to get called up first and maybe too soon and maybe she's going to be like the queen Zelina and and carmel that i brought up earlier where you know she maybe isn't a great worker but you know, she's going to be on TV a lot, but I think Roxy is going to be the one or, or, or Roxanne Perez is going to be the one that has the the long career and headlining WrestleManias and stuff like that. Like I'm maybe, you know, maybe
1: I'm going to sound like an idiot in five years, but th- that's I'm just really high on her. And she's not in the prime of her career yet. Giving me rear Ripley mm-hmm. vibe. She's 20 years old. She's not 25 yet. She's 20 years old this good already, only going to get better. And the same goes to Tiffany as well. I hope they don't rush her because she really has what it takes to be a true star. And I go back to a storyline maybe five or six years ago when Dana Brooke was the protege of Charlotte Flair. Let Tiffany Stratton in two years be the protege of... Of Charlotte Flair. That would make way more sense in terms of they're very similar in how they work, and I think that Tiffany would benefit greatly from Charlotte Flair if WWE chose to go in that direction. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on the finals of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament? Roxy gets to win and Tiffany Stratton is still a star on the ascent, nonetheless.
0: Um, well, I, I guess I'm going to be the odd man out here. I, uh, I, I kind of thought this match wasn't Tiffany's you know, wasn't didn't do a lot for Tiffany. I thought Rox I thought Roxanne looked great. I thought Roxy was fantastic. I thought she did literally everything she could to make this match really good. I thought there were some times where Tiffany just kind of looked lost. And for the last few weeks, I feel like those those are the kind of things that she's been excelling at is the transitions in between the moves and just kind of smoothly going from move to move. Here, you know, there were a couple of times where they were, you know, fumbling over, hitting the robes, deciding whether to hit the corner or not. So, I mean, the match wasn't bad. It definitely wasn't bad. We've, especially during this tournament, we've seen worse. And I, I think Tiffany is going to be fine. But I wasn't quite as high on the match as everyone else. Um it got better after the commercial break. I will say it picked up a lot but before the commercial break started off slow, it was a little Rocky, but I will, I will admit after the commercial, it did pick up. Um, I'm fully expecting Tiffany to get caught up with, uh, Grayson Waller and Max Dupree's maximum models. I just, I, I don't, I don't see how you don't have that natural connection, but Keela, I think what you said is great. As far as being the protege of Charlotte Flair, I think that's that's an excellent call and a great person to work with. And you know Dana Brooke, she had good matches on NXT, like her match with Asuka was good. And then she goes to the main roster, and it's like she forgets what what happened in NXT. So I I, I hope that's not what's going to happen with Tiffany because she has progressed a lot. And but I, I do wonder if she gets called up, if that will you know, if that halts the progression that she's made
1: that's my fear i hope they don't call her up thankfully the coconut circuit's back up and running as of this weekend for a 2.0 and it's my hope that she continues to learn and as you mentioned i will say that the work during the match wasn't as great because she was thinking a lot in her head about the spots the moment she stops doing that and trusts her instincts she's going to make it as a star but she's still learning this six months in i believe and she's got a world of potential to figure this out if given the time if she's to the main roster she might not get that time she she will be rushed in the deep end of the water and she's going to get lost unless season vets carry her, but she needs more time. In some ways, she reminds me a lot of Bianca Belair, raw talent that needs to be finessed with more time on 2.0. She needs a year or two. If you give her that, I think she'll be good. If they rush it with the model agency, it's a risk, but I'm just hoping that they have patience because she has what it takes to be a star in Roxy. It speaks for itself. She's going to be a star, a future champion, hopefully a WrestleMania main eventer as well. But you got something in Tiffany. She can be a protege for Charlotte Flair, unlike Dana Brooke, unlike Lacey Evans. That would be the perfect way to get her over as a star in two years' time, not in a year or less, because I think it's too much too soon for her with her level of experience thus far. I will say this, though. The biggest
0: difference between those two is is going to be who they were working with? Bianca Belair had, you know, she was working with, uh, Kyrie Sane, Io Shirai, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. Who's Tiffany working with? That's on that level, you know. Even at, even a Dakota Kai, you know, people like that. That's who Bianca Belair was working with. Nikki Cross, like those are all the people that she got to work with. Who is Tiffany working with that is on that level that is she consistently gets to mix it up with and all those wrestlers I just named, they all have different styles. They all bring something different to the table. Some of them fly. Some of them try to snap your arms. some of them want to knock your head off. They all bring something different to the table. how how is she gonna get that same type of you know mixture and creativeness and just just different physicality? when she's wrestling people that she's already uh, much better
1: than i know that's a big question we talked about that a couple of weeks ago and uh, they fired dakota kai i'm gonna say that every single week it never fails and they did it for reasons i don't get i know she wasn't going to renew that contract but damn it like you need someone a veteran status to help these ladies along you got out fire there to a point you got Wendy Chu as well, but that's about it in terms of resources. E.S.R.I. is injured, unfortunately, and it's going to be sink or swim. You're going to learn on your own, and hopefully Tiffany picks up those basic instincts to get better somehow, some way. Mainwaster will help, but you got to help yourself. You can't worry about other folks right now. Worry about your own progression, but that is a key question because we don't have any of that experience on 2.0, unfortunately. As we segue to the potential of Nathan Fraser, who is one of my favorite dudes on this show, from the entrance to to his look, to the work in the ring, this guy has the potential to be a superstar if WWE sees the tea leaves for what they are. It's miraculous he's getting a push on this show, considering their edict of size matters and you gotta be bigger and you gotta be taller but Nathan Fraser, this dude's speed, agility and technique is everything. So Paul, what do you see in the future of Nathan Fraser moving forward on 2, 2.0 and possibly the main roster at some point and thank God that that is mentor, his adopted father is Seth Franklin Rollins. (laughs) Franklin. Um,
2: I, uh, yeah, I, I, I've I've been high on him, you know, ever since I first saw him, you know, when when he was Ben Carter in AEW. And, uh, and I watched his whole career in NXT UK. And I always thought like when they brought, him over and they brought a kid over i just i looked at the two of them and i'm like okay a kid's got no chance and even though they're both great workers and and um and nathan fraser will get all the chances in the world because he just looks a little bit more like what they like he's a little small but he's also like you said seth rollins protege so he's going to get a lot more chances than than most people would and so far i think he's delivered he's got kind of a unique character that you know they they're, they're going to work on while he's in NXT and I don't think he's going to be there for long because really like he doesn't need it for the in ring he really needs it for the personality and you know while they figure out what his character is going to be and what his looks going to be he used to have long hair and I think he looked a lot better with that he's got this kind of goofy haircut now so you know maybe he'll grow it out again um but in terms of the in ring yeah I mean he's one of the highlights every week him um you know th- this week's show was was you know and, and just overall i mean was so great and he was part of it and it's why i keep watching the show like even you know i have to watch it when i'm doing the show with you guys but i would watch it anyways because there's always um at least two matches on the show sometimes three sometimes more that are you know take me back to those you know og nxt days and the um the match we saw this week uh with, with nathan with nathan fraser uh i always he want to call him nelson fraser <laughs> which he is n- not <laughs> nelson fraser at all um but that was one of those highlights that that would have fit right in on a you know on a black and gold show
1: definitely so scott what are your thoughts on nathan fraser's run on 2.0 so far and he gives me a lot of um dare i say 90s grunge vibes with the longer hair it's short now but he's got a superstar presence. Doesn't talk much. Doesn't need to. He lets the ring work speak for itself, especially this Tuesday against Santos Escobar, now representing Tony D'Angelo's family.
0: He, uh, his haircut reminds me of how Heath Slater's used to be when he was with the Nexus. Yes, <laughs> that's 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 what his hair reminds me of. Um, I, I think he's got incredible babyface fire, and I think he could be a great underdog babyface. I'm honestly, and you know. Maybe this is me being a Debbie Downer because the Warriors won the last game of the finals, and I'm just pissed still pissed <laughs> off about it. I'm not gonna get too excited about like what they're gonna do with him because I don't see him going any further than creating another great tag team with Wesley. And and, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. He should he should get more but I I genuinely don't think he's gonna get anything more than forming a, a great it'll be a great tag team but a, a tag team with Wesley. and it might end up being the best thing for them both so they don't get lost in the shuffle but then again to you guys brought up a good point he does have the Seth Rollins factor working for him I just I just don't see them getting behind him in any type of serious way like I don't even know of a guy a guy that you would compare him to on the, on the roster now, because they, you know, but I I don't, I don't think you would, I don't think he's somebody you would take serious in any type of way. I I think tag team specialist is what he's going to be on the main roster.
1: And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I just want the guy to be positioned. Well, if he's a tag team specialist, so be it. He and Wesley, my God, as a tag team, Agility, flight for days. Absolutely. That that would be exciting to see on the main roster. And I'm for it. I think that both guys have the charisma and the talent to pull it off. And if he's gonna be a tag team specialist, it's better than being featured endeavored. I'll take it. I just want them to realize you got a star and use him accordingly, either as a single star or as a tag team wrestler. Don't care. Just push him, push him, push him. Push him. He's got the talent. And hey, Seth Rollins found this dude five years ago, and he saw something. And look, you got him right there. Don't fuck it up. That's my piece of advice for WWE this week because he's right there, and he has what it takes to be a true star for them in any capacity. And speaking of stars coming through, Apollo Cruz hopped through the NXT portal this past Tuesday, and overnight he became. The star he was meant to be. He's no longer a Nigerian prince. Accent gone back to being from Stone Mountain, Georgia, my stomping grounds, so to speak. And I thought he was fantastic on this show. Talking respectfully to Braun Breaker saying, hey. We, we're going to meet somewhere down the road for this championship. I can't wait for that. And then he tagged Team Solo Sequoia to face off against Grayson Waller and the eight champion Carmelo Hayes in the main event of 2.0. And I thought he looked great in that match. The fans treated him like this was a main event, WrestleMania star returning to say hello. And let's be honest, Apollo Cruz was called up too soon, six years ago. And WWE main roster never worked out for him. He had moments, ironically enough, during the pandemic era, when he had the run as U.S. champion, when he was really able to showcase his personality. And then they beat him like a drum until he became the Nigerian prince last year alongside Commander Aziz, who's also been moved over to 2.0 permanently. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on Apollo Cruz's return to NXT 2.0? And do you see him potentially breaking through as a star on this show? Because he's still in the prime of his career and he's got a lot to offer. And on this night he was over with the people in a big way.
0: Yeah. I, I I really, I like how 2.0 treats the main roster coming. They treat the main roster coming down, how WWE wants the main rosters to be treated when they come down, regardless of who it is. Like, I, I mean, that reaction he got, he, I mean, he got fired up. I think he was even shocked at it. And he probably, I bet you the warrior was like, hey, I bet you White T go out there. You gonna, feel it, you gonna feel it? You gonna feel it? You gonna feel it? And he was like, nah, I'm not gonna feel it. And he went out there and was like, whoa! I mean, that guy got fired up. And what actually happened was he was supposed to talk with the accent, but he forgot, so then he just ran with it. So that's actually what happened, and they just kept it going with the show. You know, I, I thought while he came down... An interesting gimmick for Braun Breaker and a, a cool way to kind of train, or at least I think it would be a cool way to kind of transition him from NXT and keep him strong as the champion to the main roster. Have this guy just knocking down main roster talent that comes down to try to take his belt. You know, we've already done it with Ziggler. He knocked him down. Bobby Roode knocked him down. Apollo Cruz comes down, knocks him down have some guys you're not doing anything with come down to the nxt 2.0 challenge braun and he just knocks them off their peg i i think that's an excellent way to get braun over and then when you call him up to the main roster it's like oh look at this i know that's not about braun breaker but that's just that was my mindset when i see him come down it's man you could be utilizing this to Get people over as, or get somebody, or or a, a, a one of your women wrestlers, or a tag team over as just this top notch team who's just knocking down these main roster talents. So there's there's opportunities there. I, I don't think Apollo Cruz is going to win the title or anything like that. I, I just I think he's going to be a pin for Braun Breaker to knock down.
1: I agree, but that match whenever it happens could be great because these guys are athletic. They got surprisingly great hops for days. Can you imagine dueling moonsaults and dueling ranas and shit like that? I think they would have a fabulous match whenever it takes place for the NXT championship. The chemistry would meld well, really well. And I think they would complement each other incredibly well in the ring as well. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on the return of Apollo Cruz 2.0 2.0 and him getting a hero's welcome? And honestly, deservedly so, because he never got that during his OG run during the black and gold era of NXT well over six years ago now.
2: Yeah, I was actually um, in the building uh, when he debuted on Raw uh, in 2016 because I, I went to WrestleMania that year. And I, it comes up on my memories every year. And I my comment at the time was, he's not ready. Like this is too soon. And I don't know how long he'd been in NXT. I want to say like maybe four months. And I have a feeling that, you know, like Vince just looked at that, like jacked body and thought, yeah, man, you know, this, I can make money with this guy. And it just, it's just never, I mean, he's had a couple stop and start pushes, but I mean, NXT is, is perfect for him because when he got in there with Braun Breaker, I mean, you look at him and not for one second did I think he was small. And when 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 he's in WWE, that's all I think every time I see him when he's on the main roster is because like it's the land of the giants. It still is like it's not you know the night the, you know the eighties or or the late nineties anymore. But it's still you know like those guys are bigger than you think they are, and uh, so I think this is perfect for him. And I think him and and Braun Breaker we'll have just a great match at probably whatever the next, uh, I, th- I think there's a special uh, great American bash. So I suspect they're going to do the thing where they team up first and then, and well, they already teamed up this week. Right. But um, they'll, um, you know, they'll, they'll do a, a small feud and, um, and, and, you know, he'll hopefully sticks around for a while. Like he doesn't just go back to being on main event. I, it's funny cause I watched that. And then the next thing I watched was him, beating t-bar on main event and and it, and he was back to being nigerian and he uh he had no commander aziz with him and apparently commander aziz is coming into nxt as well so that 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 could be interesting but um i, I that was one of my favorite things that i saw this week was when he debuted and, and i watched it on a bit of a delay but it hadn't been spoiled so i you know it's very rare that Something happens where I'm like, oh, wow. And that's what happened this week. So I was really happy to see him there and uh, loved the fans reaction to him, loved his performance in in the promo and the match. And I just can't wait to see what he does next.
1: Same here. Came back at the right time, breathed life into his career and this show. And it was a nice way to wrap up a very good NXT 2.0. We have not been able to say that for quite some time. But, hey, it's June. My prediction is kicking in now. We got four weeks to go if i'm wrong by the end of this i'll let you know i take up credit to say i was wrong I'm going to give it to the end of the year for this show to be better. But hey, one weekend, June, it's pretty good. I enjoy. I enjoy 2.0 as we move on to Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, going down live from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we kick things off with two Money in the Bank qualifying matches, which offered very mixed results. Up first is Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus to jumpstart a rivalry that dates back to WrestleMania season last year. They gave us a trilogy inside the Thunderdome. It was tremendous action. Into Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship during night one of WrestleMania in Tampa. And I think the matches we saw between Sheamus and Drew last year prior to WrestleMania would have been the WrestleMania match, in all honesty. And they ran it back last night on SmackDown for a shot to be a part of the men's Money in the Bank Ladder match. And as always, these guys beat the ever loving hell out of each other. It's brutal, it's bruising, it's violent. I love it. And then. We end the match via a double disqualification because both guys grabbed two chairs to attack the other and it went south fast and in a hurry and I hated this finish. I did not like it very much and it led to more fighting during the commercial break. We come back they're still fighting at ringside. We got Jamie Noble, Curtis Axel Hurricane trying to break up the fight and then both men protesting backstage about what happened and hopefully we get a rematch. No DQ no count out. There must be a winner hopefully on Smackdown next friday but scott what are your thoughts on this matchup and how it ended alongside butch being the worst scrappy dude trying to start shit at every single term my god stop it butch stop it
0: so i man i hate to say this but I, i'm starting to like butch i i like just how erratic he is just how like unhinged he is i i I'm starting to like, I just hope he, I genuinely would like for him to just start randomly running into matches and just taking (laughs) out both guys and then just running back like as shame as like, I I just, you know, I'm sorry. Um, The match was good. They're not going to, they're not going to put on a bad match between the two of them. So that's, that's a given right there. Drew McIntyre does not need to be in the money in the bank match. I, I think, I think he's already called his shot. We already know when the match is going to happen. He doesn't need to be in the match. I think you can stretch this until the, I think this is going to be the pay-per-view match. Like you said, I think it's a good way to stretch it out or you could do him versus Butch at the pay-per-view. That'd be a big opportunity for Butch. You know, those two will put on a, not a really good and physical match. Um, so there's a couple of options you could do right there for Drew McIntyre, but that's got to be the goal is to get him. This is kind of just a, I know this is, again, this is just a a stop, a stop gate for him on his way to his homeland as he tries to take the title from Roman. And I fully expect him to face either Seamus or Butch at Money in the Bank.
1: That makes sense. Paul, what are your thoughts on this matchup? That was great until the finish and that damn Butch scrappy do 2.0. He reminds me, actually, that cat from the old Tom and Jerry cartoon. Like you want to spank his ass repeatedly for being a badass, and that's Exhibit A. Like, stop, Butch! Damn it! Stop did you,
2: it! Did you see? Did you see the DM I just sent you guys? <laughs> I, um Anyways. Um, The uh yeah I I concur like I mean these two I mean you know they can do like a three three and a half star match in their sleep and and it's usually even better than that and this was no exception and unfortunately they were handcuffed by the booking you know that I wasn't even sure like because they were doing it looked like they were setting up a count out because the ref was up to like seven or eight before they even grabbed the chairs and they they weren't getting back by ten and then they hit each other with the chairs and then it was a DQ so um the one thing that I wasn't sure about was we got segment a little bit after this with Drew McIntyre going into Adam Pierce Pierce's office and saying you know put me in the money in the bank match and he's like well no you know you you, you didn't win and he's like put me in the match and they just kept saying no and Drew just kept saying yes and then later on we kind of got the same thing with Sheamus and then like Did we get another one? Like, was there any any resolution of this? Like, I know I sometimes skip things and sometimes I fall asleep and I might have missed it, but I don't think I did. Um, Or do we not know what's happening?
1: It's still a mystery. Adam Pierce sucks at
2: his job. He does. He does. And we all know that. We need Sonia back. Um, but reparations and all that stuff, it's not going to happen. Um, Thank so- God. Thank God. Juneteenth, is-, <laughs> Ju- Juneteenth is-, is right around the corner, okay? <laughs> Where is we- Sonia, by the way?
0: June- like I said, Juneteenth is right around the corner. She yeah. knows when to go away. She'll be, she'll be back right ar- the next week. Right yeah, after June, she'll bank.
2: be back yeah yeah she'll be she'll be messing with naomi again um <laughs> oh no maybe that's why naomi's gone uh <laughs> hey hey man reparate hey they like cody gonna yeah, be gone too
0: yeah we ain't staying for yeah. that we ain't staying <laughs> yeah, yeah. around we ain't coming back till cody come back
2: i like i like the idea of of having these two just just mix it up at SummerSlam. like don't or, or at Money in the Bank. Don't let them in the Money in the Bank match because neither one of them won. I know I said earlier that Drew is the favorite because that's kind of how they do things. I mean, I half expected, like, spineless Adam Pearce just to put them both in the match. Um, you know, and, and in fact, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's what ends up happening. Um, but, uh, you know, it's because, I mean, we're, what, three weeks out and we don't have – we have nobody qualified for the men's match and we got – Spoiler alert, one person qualified for the women's match. So, um, you know, they kind of got to get into gear here.
1: Yes, time is ticking. So hopefully we get an answer on Friday, hopefully, because... Hey, we are yeah. on the clock here. Money in the Bank is upon us at the intimate confines of MGM Grand Arena. Three in Las weeks. Vegas, Nevada. In Las Vegas, Nevada. Three weeks away. It's very fast. And then it's SummerSlam. So we got back-to-back shows, Crazy by WWE, Coast to Coast. And we'll see how they pull it off. We had another Money in the Bank qualifying match featuring Lacey Evans versus ILE. And this match I'm going to be real, was not very good. And Lacey Evans, for some reason, backstage via WWE social media, looked like Tony Storm at first. Thank you. Okay. It wasn't just me. No, I thought the same <laughs> okay. thing. Like Tony got rehired. Okay. Yeah. All right. Shades come through. But hey, she looked like Tony. And then she liked Lacey when she came out there. And unfortunately, the timeout has not helped the in-ring stuff, unfortunately, because you got Xia Lee, who's still green. Lacey, who's always been green, dating back to her NXT days. And this match did not mesh well at all. She missed the knees in the corner, hit Zaya with the woman's right to get the win. It was a fine match. I'm still confused about the character presentation, but when you look at the end of the match, she steps on Xia Li's face, then poses by saying salute to the crowd. So I'm thinking she's still a heel long term. I don't know. But my concern has always been with Lacey, the in-ring game. If that's not catching up with the character, we got problems. And I'm afraid we still got problems, Paul.
2: When we last saw Lacey Evans in the ring, she was a southern belle wearing like a white hat and uh running around with rick flair i mean that tells you how long ago that was and then you know and then she got pregnant and rick was claiming to be the dad and then she disappeared and then she comes back and she does two months it felt like a promo the same promo every week trying to get over the catchphrase that uh she is she they're not they're not better she's not better than anybody in the locker room but they're damn sure not any better than me and one week she's a face one week she's a heel one week she's on raw one week she's on SmackDown. Like I am so confused by what they're doing with her. And then they finally bring her back and she beats Zia Lee who we did three months of promos to build her up as a protector. She did one run in and then she disappeared and then she's hanging around backstage um with, you know, other heels and Aaliyah. And uh yeah, I just it's just the most baffling thing in the world. And then we get this match, which was an NXT level up match, you know, on SmackDown. So, um, yeah, I, uh, and she'll probably win the money in the bank. No, no. Stop. Oh,
1: God damn it. No. No. I mean,
2: who else? <laughs> no. Knows? Like, I mean, Sonya Deville know? getting her reparations. Out there take you it. go.
1: I'll, listen. Yeah. I'll she's going to be
2: wrestling. She's going to be wrestling Liv Morgan next week on Raw for in a qualified match. You watch.
1: Oh, God. See, Paul, see, we have to sanctify this space right here, right now. Because we cannot have that happening. Lacey Evans cannot win that briefcase. I almost called Juna Mahal winning King of the Ring. And thankfully that did not happen. That was my first time traumatizing Scott on this show before he got the gig. And thankfully that did not happen. But Scott. Please, dear God Almighty, do not suggest or agree that Lacey Evans' future Miss Money in the Bank is going to be winning the staying heading into whatever show when she might cash in on a vulnerable champion between now and next year.
0: She ain't winning Money in the Bank. That's that's <laughs> a wrap. We can go ahead. And, we can go ahead and put a cap in that. that oh, we can go ahead and put a oh, feather in that. That that is not happening. But I will say this though the only person or the only thing that has let me down to the level of Lacey Evans because I' I've, I've, I am on record on this show of saying during because the couple those first couple promos before it just became her repeating herself in a different way was um, were pretty good, and I thought they might have been on to something. You could hear the crowd getting behind her. I was like, man, she's got really good top babyface potential. Well, she made me look like an idiot. So the only people to let me down the same way she has are the Boston Celtics. So let me just say wow. I, I I am not a fan of Lacey Evans, and I don't care what she does. And to be honest with you, I, I, I don't want to see her win another match the rest of the year. No reparations for Lacey Evans for sure.
1: Wow. The way he just buried her like she was the Boston Celtics letting Scott down during game six, which will happen, by the way, on Thursday, 9, 8 central on ABC. What was that? What was that? (laughs) What what, what was that? i'm just predicting the future game six clay is coming and that's crazy when we're hyping up a game more so than lacey evans because this idea of her being a conquering baby face sucks so that pretty much sums up what we think about lacey evans and this push and lack thereof i kind of spotted some bullshit week two and then she kept repeating herself here it goes i'm ready now and i'm like oh shit worse yeah like that's wwe trying to trademark and buzzword everything and i was done with michael cole being all sad on commentary like now i'm re i'm really seeing through this crap now so it's a true story it's sad but wwe can make hallmark moments feel so so tawdry at the end of the day as we segue to happier news gunther beat ricochet by drop kicking him into 2025 to win the intercontinental championship i thought this was a very good match for some reason the louisiana crowd was chanting lsu during points of this match which was really strange is gunther and ricochet how dare you the disrespect of it all but i'm really happy that gunther won the championship my only issue is the fact that for 14 months and counting. We have not had this title defended at a pay-per-view or now premium live event. Gunther winning is beautiful. I love Gunther. He's fantastic in every conceivable way. I will only buy into this reign if he's on pay-per-view or PLEs every month moving forward, defending this championship. If Roman Reigns is not going to be here consistently on SmackDown, With those titles in tow, I need the IC title to be elevated to that level. Let Gunther be that guy. Let him be that bridge when Roman's not there. Let this title be defended on a regular basis and not have him just be a placeholder to just have that championship because he needs to have challengers. He needs to be showcased appropriately and I hope that's the case. It's a nice victory but for me, it's the follow through. So Paul, what are your thoughts on Gunther walking out as the brand new Intercontinental Champion do you have faith that WWE is going to do right by him and the championship and future challengers to come?
2: Um, well, I think it was the right call for sure. Um, do I have faith? Um, that's tough. I mean, if I do, it's blind faith. Um, because I mean history says that, you know, we kind of probably know how they're gonna treat him. But I mean, you just look at the dude and I mean you know I've talked about a few other people here, but when he showed up in in u k in nXt you know came over from the u k uh he looked like he lost about forty pounds um but didn't lose any muscle you know he's got a completely different physique um you know he's got the superstar presentation they've it feels like they change his entrance music every week but they're trying to tweak it to get exactly what they want they've got um you know the former uh, Marcel bartel uh, I always forget his name ludwig um Kaiser. I don't know. Kaiser, yeah, yeah. I mean, he does the great entrance, you know, and and you know, he's it's just, just like a main event act look. And I you know, so what I kind of see for him, um, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, if there's a babyface champion, he could have like a feud with any babyface champion, you know, and headline a pay-per-view and and have, you know, a great match. But um in the in the kind of long shortish longer term I kind of figure that he's going to end up facing Cody uh, when Cody comes back, um, you know, and especially if if they, they do get the rock at WrestleMania. I could easily see Cody against Gunther, um, you know, the the American Nightmare against, you know, the whatever, you know, it's Gunther, I don't, you know, whatever, whatever he is, the ring general. Um, that would be a great wrestlemania match and it would be cody you know fighting to probably get a world title match or maybe even at that point you know they split the titles again and and gunther's the champion or or you know he's he's winning the intercontinental title um is that the one he won i don't even i, I always forget which which is which um the smackdown secondary title anyways but um yeah so i'm uh, i'm i'm Big fan of Gunther, obviously, and I'm even getting used to the name. You know, uh, I think by the time we get to WrestleMania next year, Walter's going to be just a distant memory, and uh, I'll be all in on Gunther.
1: Yes, we've learned to accept it after that one week of WWE losing their fucking minds. And we had to read them on this show, which was quite the moment. But I'm digging Gunther as well. Ludwig Kaiser, Red Lobster all day. Just want to say that for the record. And um, just got to get that in there. I can't resist. Cheddar biscuits. (laughs) Cheddar biscuits all day. Delicious for Lobster Fest, of course. But I think about what Paul said about Cody versus Gunther. And Cody would be the kind of guy to say, hey, Gunther. Test out my chest, bitch. Oh, his (laughs) chest is going
2: to look even worse.
1: (laughs) Can you make it purple and pink at the same time? Can you yeah. make it worse than what happened to me at Hell in a Cell? You know Cody is going to say, do it, bitch. Do your worst. Yeah. And then surgery part two. I hope that doesn't happen because Gunther does not <laughs> let up on those chops. But I would love to see that at WrestleMania if it does come to pass. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on Gunther walking out the brand new intercontinental champion? And do you expect this championship to be defended at Money in the Bank to break this curse of 14 months without that title being defended on a pay-per-view or PLE?
0: Money in the bank, no. SummerSlam, there's a possibility. Um, I like the Cody match. I think that's a solid match. Definitely can't go wrong with that. Another WrestleMania caliber match, because I I think SummerSlam, this guy's already going to be booked up, but WrestleMania, uh, there's one man who has never won the Intercontinental title, and I think he would have a great match with Gunther, and he would be a guy that could really elevate Gunther with the win at WrestleMania. I think John Cena Versus Gunther for the IC title could be something really special and elevate everything involved with it. The IC title, Gunther, just the entire package, because that would be a very compelling story of John Cena saying, hey, there's one thing I haven't done. You know, I I've never won the IC title. I, I want that. I want that belt. And Gunther, I, I want you too. You know, like that's that's the type of dude John is. Like it wouldn't be out of character, it wouldn't be out of pocket. So I I I really would I'm hoping that the idea is to build towards a a Gunther John Cena match at some point because Cena needs to tell that story. I, I feel like, especially at this stage in his career when he knows he's kind of in the twilight, that's that's a natural story to tell. And it's a way to elevate everything involved with that.
1: I love that. The way to complete the Grand Slam for Cena to win the championship. That has eluded him for 20 years now. Going on 21 years if we get to next year's WrestleMania. I would love that for Cena and Gunther. That could be a great match at WrestleMania. And I hope that WWE takes that into consideration because I don't see Cena doing much for Theory heading into SummerSlam presumably next month because that man is going to get ethered by John Cena. I'm going to pray for that dude. Ain't no way. Did you see his promo on Monday against Bobby Lashley? I have no hope for Theory to even pull off a decent promo against John Cena. To quote Bailey, he's done for.
0: He made he made Bobby Lashley look like Eddie Kingston on the mic.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
2: Wow. Whoa. Which Eddie Kingston? The guy Which that was one? getting counted down backstage or or the one that actually does good promos. <laughs>
0: hey, b- both both of them <laughs> okay. are, are still eating theory. Both of Fair them enough. are still eating theory. But that's a good but that that touche
1: though. Touche on that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Woof. A lot of shit. That is a hell of a comparison. That is shade on top of shade with the countdown clock backstage. All right, to get this back on track, because that was shady as hell, but facts. Facts on facts on facts. As we now talk about the main event of SmackDown featuring Riddle versus Sami Zayn. And if Riddle were to lose his match, he would be banned from SmackDown forever. If Sami Zayn loses and Riddle gets a shot at Roman Reigns this Friday on SmackDown, yes, the tribal chief is off his long vacation on his private island. He's going to hop on his yacht, then his private jet to make it to SmackDown to smash and destroy Riddle. And I thought this was a great main event. Paul Heyman basically warned Sami, if you don't get this done... You're in danger, boy. You are done for. You are going to go through some things, courtesy of Roman in the bloodline, that you're not going to like very much. You're just hoping that leads to KO and Sami Zayn teaming up to face Usos into the summer. That's my dream. But in the event, I loved Riddle versus Zayn. I think this is their second match against each other, one on one, and they just got great chemistry. And I love this riddle. And I think Paul mentioned something earlier about him being one of the MVPs of WWE this year. I agree. The guy is great, has worked three shows, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0. And he's delivered in tag team matches, singles matches, and he's taking shit seriously. He can be fun, he could be the stoner, but he has a vendetta right now against the bloodline. He's dead serious about that, and he gave it to Sami Zayn on Friday night. A great match, the RKO for the win. He moves on to face Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Unified Universal Championship this Friday on Fox. And after the match is over, the Usos go to attack Riddle, Riddle fights back, with the kendo stick whoops ass accordingly and he stands tall you needed that you needed that visualization of riddle saying i'm ready for roman reigns we know the outcome is academic he's not going to win he's going to lose but i expect this to be a hell of a match in smackdown's best number since before wrestlemania when things got a little shaky when the nba playoffs started on abc and all the other channels but now with Roman back at least for this week and for this month it should be a great main event on smackdown scott
0: yeah this has been a very well built up match i you know this is uh, it's a weird thing because it kind of feels like a culmination of the story um when it you know really should feel like a chapter i i said this when the show started that i fully expected riddle when when we started recording this show and talking about rk bro that i fully expected riddle to come out of this in the main event he feels like a main eventer you know he, he legit right now to me he he does not feel out of place in this match no i don't think he's gonna win but that doesn't mean he feels out of place in the match. Um, I think at any other point in time, if this is not Roman Reigns, if this is not this incredible historic run that Roman's on, I, I think Riddle gets the belt. And I, I genuinely believe like this story is built up that well where you could have a big title switch on SmackDown and it feel important. They're not going to do that because of the run Roman's on. It's just wrong place, wrong time for Riddle. But I think as long as this match is laid out the way it should be, Roman's going to put on another great match. Roman put on a great match against Daniel Bryan on SmackDown for the title. Like, this is this is kind of what Roman does. So I I I'm excited. This is this is a Roman Reigns match you're getting on SmackDown. I'm curious to see what type of rating this could potentially buy, or not buy, but potentially pop for, for Fox. When did you say uh, Game 6 potentially was next week?
1: It will be Thursday.
0: Okay, so it will be Thursday. So the game wouldn't interfere with anything. Like, I, Man, I I think it's a really good move to have Roman Money in the Bank and Main Event, the PLE. I, I think it's a good move, and the story is warranted. You know? man I, any other time man i i think we'd be looking at a new champion
1: i agree it will not happen i think the only competition might be the stanley cup finals between the avalanche and the lightning that might be the only opposition on SmackDown Stanley Cups and pulling some good numbers we'll see how it goes on Friday head-to-head head against SmackDown presumably but Paul what are your thoughts on Riddle going the serious route facing off against Roman Reigns next Friday on SmackDown for the Universal Championship and poor Sami Zayn his fate might be sealed with a beatdown courtesy of the bloodline sometime very soon
2: uh, before I forget I'll just mention I'm looking at the schedule right now and there's nothing on Friday for the NHL either Game one is Wednesday. Game two is Saturday. So, awesome. So, uh, yeah. So they should do a good number. And it's funny because uh, I, I remember back in the day, Hulk Hogan used to do this, and then Triple H was famous for doing this. They take time off during the football season or during the playoffs, and then they come back the first week, and then it's like, oh, look, and I'm a big ratings draw, and uh, and the needle mover is is going to be doing the same thing. So that's good for him. I mean, I I'm I'm not I'm not even throwing shade. It's smart move um i agree with scott like i think that you know riddle is a very believable champion and honestly if i'm booking i wouldn't necessarily have him win but i would have it be some sort of um like a non-finish, and to where like he was gonna win, and then Roman either gets himself disqualified or like a double, you know, kind of something like we saw with Drew and and Sheamus, but maybe not that lame, but something to where you have to do a rematch, um, and then you know you can you can build that up, and like where Riddle was about to win, and then you know like they can do a rematch either on TV again in a couple of weeks or even at a PLE. Um, the other thing I I could see happening is you know Riddle just has you know just an incredible match I expect the match to be awesome and then Roman you know beats him at the end and then the bloodline comes in and they're attacking him and then we get the return of Randy Orton mm. and and then and then that sets up Roman and Randy but that Roman Randy and that Roman Randy match is not that far away right we talked about it earlier it's like 6-7 weeks you know end of July so we're almost to the point where we can start building that up now and um and that's I mean obviously I think this match is designed to set up Roman and Orton. So that's why I kind of even go back to what I said at the beginning. Like we have a non finish build to a second match. And then the second match can be where we get Orton in. Because if, if, let's say it's the week of Money in the Bank or the week after Money in the Bank, then then we've got, you know, three, four weeks to build Randy and, and Roman. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all in again on Riddle. And I, I do think that at some point, you know, I'd even... Man, I wish they weren't so hung up on keeping the belt on Roman until the Rock match because you could even do something like where, you know, it's a disputed finish and then you split the titles again. And then you have Riddle be the Raw champion and go back to Raw and then Roman on SmackDown, you know, like I I think at some point that dude's got to win the world title. Um, I just don't know when and how, but I, I do think it's going to happen.
1: I think that Drew was splinter those titles at Clash of the Castle in September. Okay, we need one of those titles to go to SmackDown. Roman, you can keep the other one for Monday Night Raw, if need be. But we need to have a champion on one of these shows. We cannot have Roman, Ghost, Raw, and SmackDown until WrestleMania that's unacceptable i'm glad he got his money i'm glad he's going on vacation nearly year year round that's fantastic but we need a title of some sort on one of these shows to stabilize things a bit cody can't do it drew and cardiff wells that's his home basically let him win there that would be a moment and bring a championship to a main roster show it needs to happen roman can have a championship for wrestlemania at the most but he cannot have two belts i can't take it it's not sustainable anymore. And I know that WWE did what they had to do at WrestleMania. And this guy signed an ultimate contract that gives him a lot of leeway with less dates. But one of those titles, they've got to be on a main roster show by September. Yeah. And now it's time to end the show on one of, one of my favorite notes. I hear some excitement. On the other side of the microphone somewhere in Canada, I believe, as we are bringing back for the OG himself, the guilty pleasure slash avoid at all costs picks of the week. The things we love about WWE that we shouldn't and the one things we hate for reasons that are very justifiable. So, Paul, in your honor, please reveal your guilty pleasure and the one thing we as fans and the public should avoid at all costs.
2: So we we've been pretty high on WWE this on the show and we haven't really been too negative on anything. Um, and, and really, I had a hard time coming up with something for my avoid at all costs. But it is something that I don't even think we even mentioned uh, at all. And I think if we had gone the whole show without mentioning, it would be even better. But I'll just say if, if you haven't watched Raw yet and you're a little bit short of time, just skip over that whole Dominic. Uh, Mysterio Veer match. Um, I think it took up like 15 minutes of TV time, and and it would have been better show without it. So um, uh, that that's my avoid at all costs, and my guilty pleasure. Um, and I don't even. It's not even really guilty. Um, You know, this is supposed to be designed for some goofy NXT skit that was really bad that we enjoyed. Um, But there was nothing really like that. Um, But my guilty pleasure is the the video that they aired on uh, SmackDown with John Cena finding Misha. Mm -hmm. from uh the 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 boy with down syndrome that had fled the ukraine and uh i mean that touched my heart you know my a lot of people listening know you know that the stuff becky lynch did for my daughter and it's just the stuff that these superstars can do um and the difference that they can make and they don't have to and they just do it and john cena like you know flew halfway around the world to go meet this kid like it's just unbelievable and and i i you know i i was tearing up watching it
1: I was too. John Cena is a class act then, now, and forever. And what he did for that little boy was incredible. And he is a guy that will go above and beyond for his fans. And that is a very prime example of that. So, Scott, what is your guilty pleasure? And avoid at all costs, picks of the week from WWE. Uh,
0: avoid uh, the finals game four. I mean, I'm sorry. You said you said <laughs> from WWE. I'm sorry. Um, avoid the... Uh, man i i just can't help myself huh i didn't even mean to do that it just kind of comes out right just this warrior's hate just spews out yeah i i think I, i made it clear avoid lacey evans let's let's just avoid her at all costs let's just not acknowledge her at all and apparently the fans avoided the uh the rampage match of the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, and instead chose the Miz and misses. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what has gotten into me. I, I, it's just the Warriors just make me so angry. Ah, um, to my guilty pleasure though, I, I think, you know, it's 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 poetic almost that this is my guilty pleasure. Von Wagner versus Josh Briggs.
1: Oh my god, man,
0: I I don't know why, but I thought they had a really Nice big man kind of brawl, like nice quick big man brawl. I did, but then the finish was awful. He blew the finish, but I, I thought they both looked good. I thought Briggs looked really good in particular. I'd really like to see more Briggs in the singles, but I thought that match for what it was, I thought it was solid. I'd like to see them get a decent amount of time and try to put on a match. Vaughn is is solid in the ring. He just he's not solid anywhere else except for that long forehead, but everything else he got going on in the ring, he's solid at. So this, I I really enjoyed this, this quick little brawl. It's my guilty pleasure. Shout out to Von Wagner.
2: Can I make a prediction? Here we go. Next time I do this show, Von Wagner will not be employed by WWE. Oh,
1: wow. Those six months evaluations are kicking in. He might not pass the test. Yeah. And listen, the improvement is very minimal. And I've been giving this guy a chance for nine months now and it's not there. And I live in some kind of hellscape when my co-host, my co-captain co-signs on Von Wagner being any kind of guilty pleasure. This is really the upside down. And I cannot believe I just heard that from my co-captain. I'm so disappointed that the Warriors broke you (laughs) to the point you're capping for Von Wagner.
2: This is what you want. I thought it was going is- to be I thought it was going to be because Briggs used his crusty uh um, masturbation arm, arm protector. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the hand he's as been a, using as too. A weapon.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, his sex toy that he's been using. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I you could use that, except for the fact that Josh Briggs completely missed him on the he finish sure when did. he when he threw the cast. Like, see now, now, now you okay? You know what? You, you get your wish, Keela. You happy? I'm gonna change my guilty pleasure. Are you happy? I won't be advocating for Von Wagner. Paul already said he's not gonna be employed. The next time he's on the show, y'all, don't, Paul's gonna be on the show next week, everybody. Little do y'all know, little do y'all know. So, my new guilty pleasure is gonna be Nathan Frazier versus Santos Escobar. Is that one okay? Can I have that? There one? you go, there yes,
1: you go. <laughs> much more acceptable than Brooks Jensen using his cast as a fleshlight. Hi, ah, touche, that's exactly what he was using it for. <laughs> Literally, he was pumping all night long, but oh. <laughs> yep.
0: Hey. It is after hours. 2.0 is after hours.
1: And we hit it just in the nick of time. It always happens on this show. Right before we think it's not gonna happen, who hour strike? But to get serious, avoid at all costs. I agree with Scott Lacey Evans. Just no, just skip all of that. No need to see it. My Guilty Pleasure is very similar to Scott's in that it is Tony D'Angelo on commentary during Nathan Fraser versus Santos Escobar. Him telling Santos, don't do that. What are you doing? (laughs) Like, this this is going to get you over? No, we don't do that here. That's for shit. Don't do that. He was so Vince like from 20 years ago. That shit's not going to get you over. Stop that flippy shit. That dive. Stop that. I didn't teach you how to do that. Cheat. Oh, you don't want to cheat. Oh, look at you. Look at you. I loved Tony D'Angelo being Vince McMahon from 1993. This for shit ain't working in 2022, kid. Stop it. He's
0: great. I I think he's... To me, between... I think him and, and Carmelo Hayes easily have the best two characters. And he's, his gets better every week. He's fantastic in this role. And I think Santos Escobar is only going to elevate him, too. This is great. This is a great story they're telling right now.
1: Very similar stacks to Grimes and, and L.A. Knight from last year. Yeah, stacks. T- yeah. You know, I call them Thing 1 or Thing 2. Goomba 1, Goomba 2. I can't tell them apart right now.
2: <laughs> they're just, you like, know... Uh, like Pauly and... uh uh his what is his buddy the
1: situation uh,
2: no 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 uh, from the sopranos oh damn uh, the two paulie and sill like the two goofballs you know just the younger versions of them
1: yes and i still can't tell the two apart just so generic but hey they would have a job longer than von wagner according to paul fontaine we'll see we'll see we'll see and uh and don't be
2: uh buying any um uh zion
1: quinn merch either ooh, ooh. you know what listen you ain't wrong about that either when he couldn't catch that man yeah. last week i knew then his days were numbered he'll be a great only fans model though he will takes a Thirst great shower pump. pick
2: hey it right back he, to horny he's, hours
1: he's not my type per se but he thinks he's a trade and that's fine with me yeah Whatever, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> that's fine with me. <laughs> uh, that's about as that's about as shady of as dis- as a dismissive statement as you can do. It's fine with me, you know. As Dixie is.
1: <laughs> Listen, I got. Ludwig. He's no Ludwig, huh? He's, he's not no Ludwig. He's not Ludwig. He's not uh, Julius. So no red lobster for you, son. Just saying. My apologies. No cheddar biscuits on the menu for you. No offense, though. Shower though, on point, but can't go to Red Lobster with me. And on that note, as we wrap up, horny hours, along long last. This wraps up a very entertaining episode of The Rapper right here on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank Scott Noted, Warriors Hater, and Paul Fontaine for joining me as always. Chop it up, all things WWE. I
0: hate basketball. Follow me on Twitter at Knee4MarvelvsDC at the number four. If you want to hear more of my, my hate for the Warriors and just my hate for basketball over the next couple weeks, I'm going to be very grumpy. Very grumpy. Cup of Joe,
2: Grandpa Dez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is like the quickest, cheapest plug I've ever seen. But, hey, I appreciate the hustle. And Paul will be back very soon with his prediction that Von Wagner will be fired by, <laughs> by next WWE week. next week. If it happens, you heard it here first, right here on The Wrap, Rebreak break news before the news actually breaks. So until next week, we'll be back covering all things WWE as we get closer to Money in the Bank. So for myself, for Scott, and for Paul, that's a wrap.